Section 16 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Wednesday 4. I preached on 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18, at Maybury's Chapel, made anew, now 60 by 25 feet. I was a preacher here before the first house was built, 30 years ago. First an addition was made. Now it is rebuilt in another form, and a gallery added for the blacks. I rode home in the rain with Peter Pelham. Here is death temporal, and life spiritual. Thomas Pelham was converted, and is dead since my last visit. And there remain three living children, newborn babes. Thursday 5 I preached at the camp meeting house, and on Friday at Hobbs Chapel. Although very weak, I administered the Lord's Supper, after preaching a sermon on Titus 3, 8. I went in the evening to the widow Weiches. Saturday 7. At Wolsey's barn, I spoke on 2 Corinthians 3, 12. There were few people. We had a stormy day and a poor, weary preacher. I dined with Ira Ellis and rode up to Edward Drumgould's. The wife of my old friend is lingering out life. Virginia, Sunday, 8. I spoke on 2 Peter 3, 7-11, at the Olive Branch Chapel. I am taking leave of the people every visit. I have made up 1,000 miles from Augusta, Georgia, to Brunswick County, Virginia. In old Virginia, I have administered the word 30 years. There is a great mortality amongst the aged. Our old members drop off surprisingly. But they all, by account, die in the Lord, and in general, triumphantly. Now I have finished my awful tour of duty for the past month. To ride twenty and thirty miles a day. To preach, baptize, and administer the Lord's Supper. To write and answer letters, and plan for myself and four hundred preachers. O Lord, I have not desired this awful day, thou knowest. I refused to travel as long as I could, and I lived long before I took upon me the superintendency of the Methodist Church in America, and now I bear it as a heavy load. I hardly bear it, and yet dare not cast it down, for fear God and my brethren should cast me down for such an abandonment of duty. True it is, my wages are great. Precious souls here, and glory hereafter. Tuesday 10 Our Virginia conference began in Mecklenburg County, Salem. We sat six hours a day, and wrought with great application. We had an addition of fifteen preachers, besides two dead, seven located, one expelled. So there was a gain of eight. I liked what was done. Only the preacher's experiences, the state of the work, and the circuits were not given. So we concluded to recommend a session of six days for the next yearly conference, appointed to be held at Edmund Taylor's, North Carolina, March 1, 1805. What I have felt was only known to the Lord. What I have done was for God and His Church. We have added, after a great mortality, 1,000 members to the Virginia Conference Bounds. Saturday 14. 
we came away with Elders Jackson, George, and Pinnell. On the Sabbath day we stopped at John Rogers's, Brunswick County, and I preached from 2 Corinthians 13, 14. After sermon we rode to Peter Robinson's, Nottaway County, 15 miles. Monday 16. We stopped at John Morgan's, Amelia County. Serious times in this family. Two sons dead. Young men. We put in for the night at Nathan Anderson's, Chesterfield County. Next day, a long ride of 45 miles brought us to Elisha Maxey's. We have lately had moderate rides, but heat and dust. Our meetings were small, as the people had but partial notice. I ordained Elisha Maxey deacon. Wednesday 18. We crossed at Judah's Ferry, upon James River, and came on to Goochland Courthouse, 45 miles, and lodged with Joseph Perkins. Next day brought us to John Lasley's, Louisa County. On Friday we had to be at the hills of Orange and Madison counties, to Robinson River, and once more sheltered under the roof of our brother, Henry Fry. He was laboring under a weakness of his bowels. I gave him Fothergill's recipe. It is thus. One ounce of bark, half an ounce of rhubarb, three nutmegs, all boiled together in a gallon until reduced to two quarts, a wine glass of this to be taken every two hours. On Saturday we had a powerful rain, but we were under the lee of a good room. Part of the Sabbath day was taken up with a short ride of fifteen miles to Nicholas Robler's Culpepper. I have read John Smith's view of the Last Judgment. I think it elegant and spiritual. Monday evening brought us to William Suttles in Prince William, 35 miles. And on Tuesday we reached William Waters's, after a ride of nearly 40 miles without food or rest, as we were disappointed at the place we had expected to get our dinner at. I had heedlessly thrown off my top coat for a few hours and caught cold. Friday 27. Our conference began in Alexandria. On Saturday I preached in the new chapel. The business of conference was taken up on Monday and Tuesday and conducted in great peace. On Wednesday we came to Georgetown, and I visited Wilson Lee, ill with the bleeding of the lungs. We lodged at Biggerley's. On Thursday we came to Baltimore. Maryland, Monday, May 7. Our general conference began. What was done, the revised form of discipline will show. There were attempts made upon the ruling eldership. We had a great talk. I talked little upon any subject, and was kept in peace. I preached but twice. Thursday 24. I came off to Perry Hall on my way to Soudersburg to meet the Philadelphia Conference. The Lord did not own the ministerial labors of the General Conference. It was a doubt if any souls were converted. This made us mourn. I prayed for hundreds, but God did not answer my prayer. Pennsylvania, Friday 25. We came to Jarrett's and dined, and continued on to Benjamin Manifold's. On the Sabbath we crossed the Susquehanna at M. Calls Ferry, 
and came to Martin Bohm's. I preached at Bohm's Chapel, and then came away to Soudersburg. The conference opened on Monday morning, 28. We had great order. We sat five days and a half. There were 125 preachers present, whose characters and experiences were brought before us. I preached twice. Saturday, June 2. I rode through the rain to the valley, 28 miles. On the Sabbath day I reached Radnor. Here my little Jane was horned by a cow, and lamed. She is done, perhaps, forever for me. But it may be all for the best. I am unwell, and the weather is bad, but, except my feelings for the poor beast, I am peaceful and resigned. I was able to write, but not to preach, on the Sabbath day. On Monday morning I desired Isaac James to ride thirty miles, going and coming, and purchase me another little Jane, at eighty dollars. He did so with great good will. I came to Philadelphia and found that Richard Allen had bought me a horse for ninety dollars. So I had two, one to sell for sixty dollars. So much for my haste. New Jersey On Tuesday I dined at Burlington and lodged at H. Hamilton's. Wednesday evening brought us to Joseph Hutchinson's. At Brunswick we dined next day, stopping for the night with Mr. Flat, Rahway. And on Friday passed through Elizabethtown and Newark, and reached New York. New York, Saturday 9. Busy answering letters. On the Sabbath I preached in our house in John Street, on Hebrews 10, 23-25. It was an open season. Monday 11. We spent some time in social conference with the preachers. Today Mr. Thomas Lyell spoke out in a letter to me, saying that he wished to be located. I thought that I had discovered his designs, and those of Mr. Dashiell, during the sitting of the General Conference in Baltimore. I am willing that he should belong to the church people. I believe they have more need of him than the Methodists have. I answered Mr. Lyell by telling him that I would do what I could to procure him a location at the Boston Conference. It may suffice to say that our present conference was a happy one, and a conference of great business. We had sermons every day at noon. Fourteen deacons and eight elders were ordained, these last at the Bowery Church, where I preached upon 2 Timothy 4, 1-4. By hard labor I read off the stations on Saturday night, and our conference sat on Monday. We proclaimed a fast, with prayer, for the Methodists, the health of the city, the general church, and the continent. Ensnethan gave us a melting, nervous discourse on the occasion. Wednesday 20 and the next day I was kept by a storm within doors, at the Widow Sherwood's. I wrote letters. I read Brother Thatcher's answer to Mr. Taggart's book. It is said there is a special call for learned men to the ministry. Some may think so, but I presume a simple man can speak and write for simple, plain people, upon simple, plain truths. Friday 22. It still continued to rain, but I felt uneasy and came down three times to move eastward. 
William Thatcher came home and told me Sylvester Hutchinson had brought his horse over the North River, at seven o'clock last night, to accompany me. We set off and called in our way at Mr. Sheets and breakfasted. We found Sister Bassling sick. Connecticut We dined at Byram, drank tea at Stamford, and lodged with Brother Day at Norwalk. The rain made the ride painful. Saturday, 23 We rode to Brother Wheeler's, dined and rode on to New Haven. We have a good turnpike to travel on, and a good bridge to cross the Housatonic. Sabbath Day 24 I preached to a few souls in our small house on Hebrews 3, 12-14. My chief suffering is from riding. I am under the necessity of riding soft, fearful as I am of worse effects, and my blanket makes me gall sadly. As yet I have been little affected with the piles, thanks to my good God. O New Haven, thou seat of science and of sin, can thy dry bones live? Lord, thou knowest. Brother Branch preached this afternoon, and Brother Hutchinson at night. I have little leisure to journalize. My soul has constant peace and joy, notwithstanding my labors and trials and reproach, which I heed not, though it come, as it sometimes does, from the good, when they are not gratified in all their wishes. People unacquainted with the causes and motives of my conduct will always, more or less, judge of me improperly. Six months ago, a man could write to me in the most adulatory terms, to tell me of the unshaken confidence reposed in me by preachers and people. Behold, his station is changed, and certain measures are pursued which do not comport with his views and feelings. Oh, then I am menaced with the downfall of Methodism and my influence, character, and reputation are all to find a grave in the ruins. First, my hill is made so strong that I shall never be moved. Anon, O man, thou hidest thy face, and changest thy voice, and I must be troubled, forsooth. But I am just as secure as ever, as to what man can do or say. Should this journal ever see the light, those who read it when I am gone, may perhaps wonder that ever I should have received such letters, or had such friends. Yes, gentle reader, both have been. Whom then shall I believe, and whom shall I trust? Why, whom but a good, and true, and never-failing God? On Monday the 25th we took the path to Durham. Here we stopped, as there was room for us in the inn to lodge. On Tuesday we passed through Middletown, and found that our brethren were about to purchase a lot on which to build a chapel on a small scale. We rode on to Hebron. I have made four hundred and twenty miles since I took my departure from Baltimore. At Canterbury we lodged at Captain Lyons's. The day's ride brought us through Wyndham and Scotland. Friday 29. We came through Plainfield, Stirling, Skituit, and Coventry to Cranston, and stopped at General Lippitz. Sabbath, July 1. I preached to a few people at Lippitz Chapel. 
My subject was First John 1, 3-7. It was a gracious season to the speaker and the hearers. Sylvester Hutchinson, my traveling companion, gave them a sermon in the afternoon. I came this way only to hear how the preachers had conducted their work. Rhode Island, July 2. We rode through Providence, dined five miles beyond, towards Attleboro, and housed with a Mr. Guilds. Massachusetts, Tuesday 3. We journeyed through Rentham and Medfield to Needham, nearly thirty miles, without food or rest for man or beast. We passed Weston and came into Waltham in the evening. On Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday I rested, and read and wrote as my failing eyes would permit. My soul is in great peace. Saturday 7. A very sultry ride of twenty miles brought us to the pleasant town of Lynn. On the Sabbath day I preached upon 1 John 3, 1-3. The state of the society in this town is more pleasing than formerly. Peter Jane, brought up amongst them, is an acceptable preacher. A house is begun for the preachers to live in. Sylvester Hutchinson preached in the afternoon. I spoke also, and read letters giving an account of the work in the South. Oh, when shall we see such things in New England? Monday 9. We rode to Salem, Beverly, Wyndham, Hamilton, Ipswich, Rowley, and Newburyport, and so on to Salisbury. We had flies, mosquitoes, heat, dust, and weariness. We lodged at the sisters' Eatons. New Hampshire. Passing through Seabrook on Tuesday, we saw one, once of our despised order, robed in his gown, and sitting in his house like a gentleman, whilst we were beating along like Jonah. Well, the end is all. Our route carried us through Seabrook, Hampton Falls, Exeter, where there is an elegant meeting-house, and Epping. Today and yesterday we dined at taverns. Wednesday 11. At Epping I preached on Acts 26, 18, 19. We had an open time. Thursday brought us through Lee, Dover, and Berwick to Alfred. On Friday we passed Doughty's Falls on the way to Standish, and landed at Buxton. Saturday 14. We opened our conference. We admitted and elected nine deacons and two elders. We had preaching on Friday and today. Sabbath 15. We opened by prayer and exhortation at eight o'clock. At half after ten o'clock I took my stand in the woods, but in about forty minutes the rain fell. There were powerful exercises in the meeting-house until near six o'clock. The Lord appeared. Several souls were brought under distress. I trust the fruits of this day's labor will be seen in eternity. Monday 16. We had preaching and the ordination in the woods. My subject was Second Timothy 3, 1-7. It was an open time, and the work of God broke forth upon the right hand and upon the left. On Tuesday we hasted the work of the conference, and concluded, after appointing our next session at Lynn, July 12, 1805.
Wednesday, 18th. It is reported there were 50 souls converted to God. The work continued last night. This morning we took our departure, came to Lymington, crossed Saco River, dined at Dr. Cochran's, and came on through Limerick to Effingham, the first town in New Hampshire, putting up for the night at Lord's Tavern. On Thursday we passed Ossipi Bridge and came nine miles through the woods. We dined at Knight's House and kept on to Sandwich, rested a while at William Webster's, and then pushed on to Center Lake and Harbor. We had four hours of heavy rain, and rocks, hills, and dales to Chamberlain's. We started away through New Hampton, Bridgewater, and New Chester, dined, and went forward to Alexander and Grafton. We felt willing to stop at Deacon Hoyt's for a night. The morning found us underway over the Isinglass Hills, which furnished the windows of the country with lights. It was cold to purpose. I could have borne a third coat very well on this July 21st. We dined at Mr. Haynes's in Canaan. At a short warning, I spoke to about fifty or sixty souls on 1 Timothy 4, 7, 8. We came on through Enfield. Upon the banks of the pond I saw the settlement of the Shakers. Poor souls! They have landed where all other sects have landed. Oh, this love of the world! But the Shakers are near the end of the world. They forbid to marry. They are as the angels of heaven. I came to Hanover Town and lodged at Mr. Hall's. I have traveled, by computation, 746 miles from Baltimore. O oh, New Hampshire, thy perpetual hills and rocks! Alas, poor people! Alas, poor, suffering preachers! Sabbath 22 I preached in the evening at Hanover, on Philippians 3, 8, 9. On Monday we came on through Lebanon and Plainfield, and crossed Connecticut River into Vermont, at Heartland. Vermont We called at Windsor, a beautiful town upon the river, of about one hundred houses. Mr. Spooner entertained us with pleasure. We passed through Wethersfield and Springfield, and stopped at Rockingham, lodging with Captain Williams. Forty miles today. Tuesday, 24. We came in haste to Westminster, to breakfast. This is another pleasant little town. It may have fifty houses. At Putney we found a stream, mills, a store, and a tavern. Passing over a slate ridge, and through Damerston, we came to Brattleboro, which we found a pleasant place, with the advantage of a stream, well employed as a mill power. At Guilford we rested with Mr. Jacobs, from three o'clock in the evening until Wednesday morning, at five o'clock, when we took our departure from our host and from the state of Vermont. At Greenfield in Massachusetts we breakfasted, having passed Barnardston, the first village we entered in the state. We started away again to Deerfield, and Conway, and Ashfield, and Plainfield, and Comington, and Windsor, and Dalton, and Pittsfield, and Richmond, and so out of the state. But I was glad to stop fifteen miles short of Pittsfield, after riding over dreadful hills and rocks forty-five miles. We lodged at a tavern, weary, 
weary enough. We took our breakfast with Robert Green in Pittsfield. Here we crossed the head branch of the Housatonic River that winds its way by Stratford down through Connecticut into the sea. New York, Thursday, 26. We lodged at David Wagers in the state of New York. Next day we directed our course through Claverack and came into Robert Sands's, Rhinebeck, about five o'clock. My mind hath been cheerfully happy, and mostly in prayer. I was sometimes ready to wish I had no company, and no observations to make, to hinder my constant communion with God. I suffered from hunger, and was skinned several times. Since I left New York I have spent fifteen dollars, feeding man and beast by the way, and my companions were also obliged to do so. I have seen the sufferings of our preachers, and they have awakened all my sympathies. Seventeen times we dined, fed, or supped at taverns, and well it was we had these to go to, else we had been starved. We have crossed the east and west ends of Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and have ridden about three hundred miles in the state of New York. Saturday, 23. I preached in the chapel at Rhinebeck, on Psalm 126, 3 through 6. It was a good beginning of the quarterly meeting. I visited the family of F. Gerritsen. Sabbath 29. We had our feast of charity, and the Lord's Supper followed. I preached in an orchard upon Matthew 11, 3 through 6. We had about 1,000 hearers. I rested at Brother Garretson's. On Tuesday we rode forty miles to Oliver Ledoux's Fish Kill Hook. We called up the family at nine o'clock and went to rest at half after ten o'clock. Wednesday, August 1. We rose at five o'clock and rode, fasting, over the rugged hills of Peekskill and Fishkill, but we were willing to walk at times. We breakfasted with William Lickley from Aberdeen, Scotland. He has been about forty years in the New World. We came on to Esquire Kirby's, and, having dined in haste, pushed on, and came, an hour in the night, to my home at the Widow Sherwood's. We have ridden fifty miles today, over a path so rough and uneven we could not get along fast. This hasty work interrupts that close communion with God my soul longeth after. I have made, I judge, one thousand and fifty miles since I left Baltimore, and there still remain one thousand miles between me and Mount Gerizim, the seat of our conference, for the first of October next. Thursday and Friday I devoted to rest, reading, writing, meditation, and prayer. On Saturday I came alone to New York. Sabbath 5 I preached at the North Church upon Matthew 16, 24, to the end of the chapter. I felt some opening. At the old house in John Street, my subject was 1 Timothy 6, 6-8. York, in all the congregations, is the valley of dry bones. O Lord, I lament the deplorable state of religion in all our towns and cities. New Jersey, Monday 6. We crossed the river in a calm, 
but we were dripping by the time we came to Newark. Here we rested two hours, then hastened on to Elizabethtown, dined, and kept on to Rahway. The night brought us up at Amboy, with Benjamin Drake. Tuesday 7. We had a rainy morning. We have our ancient seasons, plentiful rains and cold weather. This will prevent the fevers. Mr. Lyell has engaged with Mr. Pilmore's old congregation at 450 pounds a year. So, farewell to Tommy Lyell. I hope it may end well. We got as far as Joseph Hutchinson's. End of section 16. Recording by Brian Keenan.